This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're tummy-timing our way into episode number 83. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi. This is Kristen, and I am really thrilled today to have a guest on the podcast. I always learn so much when I have guests on the podcast, and this episode was no different. I learned so much that I didn't know, and I really think that this episode was so cool. I'm talking to Jennifer today. She's going to tell us all about what you need to know to prevent your baby from having flathead, or what to do if you notice that there is flattening in your baby's head. I think you'll be surprised at how quickly it can happen, but also encouraged as to how big of a difference we as parents can make for our little ones and about the awesome mission that Jennifer and her team are on to help make this a thing of the past for babies. With that, we will jump into the interview. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I am thrilled to have Jennifer Todd Bernard with me today. She is a pediatric occupational therapist who has been treating plagiocephaly, which is flathead syndrome, and torticollis, which is a tight neck, exclusively since 2000. She founded Baby Begin to provide families with the most up-to-date information about baby flathead prevention and treatment of torticollis or neck tightness. She's hoping to make a breakthrough and eventually eradicate plagiocephaly as we know it. And to that end, she's actively involved in educating physicians, families, and other therapists in the community and around the country. So welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so good to have you here. Okay, so we're going to... We are going to talk about a few things today, but but before we dig into, you know, the what's and the why's and everything, could you share a little bit about what made you choose to focus just on plagiocephaly and torticollis? Well, um, my history is I used to work for a helmet provider, and so, you know, we treated babies once they already had a flat head. And after treating thousands and thousands and thousands of babies, um, it became evident to me that the numbers were not decreasing, as you would think they were. With more awareness, they were actually increasing. And so I kind of became disheartened with the fact that uh, new parents were not getting the information they needed. And plagiocephaly really is a uh, preventable condition. So my um, my feeling was we need to get to these parents early. I need to, you know, fit that missing piece of the puzzle and so that's why I started Baby Began, and there's just a, there's just a critical need for um, for prevention of plagiocephaly to new parents. So that's why I started um, doing what I do. Well, cool. I, and I think I mean I think it's really important too. I've had family members who had had babies who have issues like that, and it just it's always amazed me that, like you said, that the focus was on treating the problem, but not necessarily on prevention. So I'm really glad that you that you got into this, and especially that you're willing to be outspoken about it, like on a nation and even a worldwide level. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, the latest numbers um, in 2014, they did a study, and the, and the latest numbers was 46 percent 
of babies will have oh. some type of cell flattening. That's um, actually so kind of astounding. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Um, it makes me very sad. So hopefully we can decrease if we just start talking about it more. Yeah, okay. Well, can can you talk to us a little bit more about what exactly is flathead syndrome? So flathead syndrome is basically, plagiocephaly means an asymmetric head shape or an asymmetric skull. So what happens is it's a positional deformity, which means that the baby either got um, flatness from in utero, like sometimes the babies don't move around very much, they they drop early, they're a multiple, you know, a lot of multiples are at higher risk, and they begin to have some skull flattening even in utero. But most of the plagiocephaly that we see is a positional deformity that takes place after the baby is born, and it's really from sleeping on their back. So um, in 1992, you know, they advised us to sleep um, our babies on their backs, and we have done that, and it's been a wonderful success. Uh, but as a result, kind of an unintended result, we're having a lot of skull deformities from that. So yeah. flathead syndrome is just an asymmetric head shape. You usually see flattening more in the back um, starting off, and then it can move to the ears, shift the ears forward. It can shift the forehead forward, so you have asymmetry even in the front and the back of the head. So it, it ranges okay. from very mild, where it's just in the back, or it can go all the way, you know, like I said, to severe, where it's it's quite quite noticeable. Yeah, I didn't even realize that it could, you know, that it could impact the ear position or the forehead or anything. So, yeah, wow. Yes, it does. And that, in my mind and kind of my colleagues' minds, when it, when it goes into the ears and the front of the face, it becomes moderate. And then the degree of asymmetry then puts it into a, either a moderate or a severe uh, category. But, um, yeah, it, it has an effect on the ears, and it, can, and it can happen very quickly. Like by the time the baby is two months old is when we typically see the um, see the deformity. So it happens very quickly. Wow. Okay. So you said that, that the back-to-sleep campaign is, I, I don't know if we want to say at fault, because most people agree that the back-to-sleep campaign is a good thing, but, you know, it's partly yeah. responsible. But right. now I've also heard that, Modern babies having so many like different baby containers that they can be put into can contribute to it. Is that true? And and how does that yes. cause more? Yes. Unfortunately, um, I don't know when the tide turned, but as um, as we're seeing, marketing to new parents is is pretty focused on uh, containers. So putting your baby in something, and we feel like we have to put our babies in something. And so this can include swings, bouncy seats, car seats, and then what I'm seeing a lot of is rock and play positioners. I don't know okay. if they're popular in your area of town, but they are very popular down here. And um, parents are putting their new babies in these rock and play sleepers. And what happens is when you put your baby in a container, it does that very thing. It contains the baby. So they're yeah. restricted in their movement. They're not they're not free to move and explore and interacted interacting in a way that they're supposed to. So um, there, it puts pressure on the back of the head, and thus it causes um, skull deformities and flattening pretty quickly. So if you think about okay. it, um, babies sleep 15 to 16 hours if they're on their back. 
you know, there's pressure on the skull there, and then we put them in a sling for an hour, and then we run errands in the car for two hours, and so by the time you think about it, the baby's on their back, on the back of their head for most of the day, and so that's what causes the flattening. Okay. Yeah, and I guess that's what you're talking about, that it can happen so quickly, is because really the amount of time that the baby ends up in that position is a large percentage of their day. Yes, and the skull is so malleable. You know how malleable a skull is when the baby is born. Um, yeah. If you put pressure on anything for 15, 16, 17 hours a day, it's going to misshape. Yeah. Okay. So what are what are some simple steps that parents can take to prevent plagiocephaly? Well, there's several things um, that you can do initially, and, and really it has to start the day you get home from the hospital. So this isn't... I'm going to wait a month or let's go ahead and wait two months to start really thinking about it. It really needs to happen the day you come home. So our advice is initially start tummy time right away. So that can include tummy time on your chest. It can be over your lap. It can be um, on the floor. The baby always needs to be supervised and the baby should be awake. But you need to start tummy time right away. What this does is takes the pressure off the back of the head. And it also gets the baby getting used to tummy time, so they'll tolerate it a little bit better when you start right away. So that's one thing, is tummy time needs to start immediately. The second thing is, like we just talked about, is avoiding containers. So you really ideally want your baby to sleep on a flat surface. So no um, rock and plays, no swings. I mean, whenever the baby is sleeping, our advice is to use a Velcro swaddle and lay the baby flat. Okay. Okay, so that's two things. The third thing is watch for a turn preference. So if if you put your baby in the crib or the pack and play and he's always looking to the right and then you switch into the other side and he's still looking to the right, he might have a little bit of a neck tightness, so that needs to be addressed. So you can start rotating his head. If you find that that's difficult, you can talk to your doctor about getting a referral for therapy. But those neck issues need to be, um, you know, addressed as soon as you see them. Okay. And the last thing is um, I like to tell my patients to treat their baby kind of, it sounds funny, but kind of like a rotisserie chicken. In that you want to you want to keep them, never have them in the same spot for very long. So most of all, most of the right-handed people in the world hold the baby on their left arm, so they cradle their baby on their left arm. So if you do yeah. that for two, three, four, five hours a day, then that side of the head is going to get flat. So a simple solution is just to switch the baby to the other side. Or when you birth the baby, use your right shoulder, then use your left shoulder. You know, do tummy time, do side lying, do turn their head when they're sleeping. So really try to just vary the position throughout the day, and then then you take the pressure off of the same spot of the head all the time. So it's just almost a um, just an awareness of, oh, I've been holding him on this left arm for quite a while. I'm going to go ahead and switch to the other side. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know when I was um, when I was looking over your website that you noted that some you know something that breastfeeding moms will do naturally usually is they'll switch baby to the other side. But especially moms who need to bottle feed or if baby's yep. staying with a caregiver who's bottle feeding, they want to make sure to switch sides that they bottle yep. feed the baby on, right? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. And what I will say about breastfeeding that I've noticed is um, if your baby has a has a strong preference for one side, mm-hmm. it might not be the mom. It might be that the baby's neck is tight and they're not comfortable on the other side. I have okay. a lot of patients that tell me, yep, he only liked to nurse on this one side. And then when we go back and look, he did have some neck tightness, and so therefore the other side wasn't comfortable. So if you notice that, it's something to talk to your um, lactation consultant about because it very well could be the neck um, that's involved. Carol, that's that's really good information. I think that'll be helpful for moms. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Okay, so you touched on this a little bit when you said start tummy time early, but say that there's a mom who's listening and maybe they didn't start tummy time and now their baby hates tummy time. I hear that a lot. What would yes, you recommend for that? Um, I think we hear it all the time. So your baby is not odd. They're not out of the norm. You know, a lot of people say that their baby hates tummy time. So what we have to do is we have to understand why do they, quote, hate it. Probably because it's hard work. So our okay. babies right now, they lay on their back. We have them in containers. They really don't have to do anything. They're not challenged. So now we're asking little Susie to lay on her tummy, and everything <laughs> now is against gravity, and it's hard. And it's, you know, it's so good for them, but it's a little bit hard, and so they're going to put up a little bit of a fuss. I personally, um, and a lot of therapists that I know, we're not really into torture sessions. So I really try to respect the baby's cues. And if I do tummy time in 30 seconds, the baby's kind of, nah, 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 I'm not really crazy about this. I'll roll the baby over onto their back, play a little bit, and then do tummy time again. So maybe I can get 45 seconds this time. (laughs) So then she gets fussy, then I roll roll her over again. And, you know, we keep doing that and gradually... She builds her tolerance and then also trusts you that you will listen to to her cues and respect that, you know, and and take her off of her tummy. So if you do small increments, that will help a lot. Um, And don't look at your watch and say, nope, we have to sit here for five minutes. (laughs) As the doctor said, you have to do five minutes at a time. You know, that's not going to get you anywhere because then the baby just becomes, um, you know, they don't want to do it at all because they know that you're going to make them stay there for five minutes. So we do small increments. And then another thing that we have found that's very, very beneficial that a lot of parents don't know is to prop the elbows. So you want the elbows directly below the shoulders. So that will give okay. the baby a little bit more um, clearance between, you know, their face and the floor. It also encourages them to use their shoulders and their shoulder girdle, um, which will make them strong, stronger faster. So prop the elbows and then do small increments, and that should um, make it a lot easier for the baby. Okay. Yeah, those are, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Those are excellent tips. I mean, I'm really glad that you said 30 seconds and 45 seconds because I think some of us think, okay, well, maybe a small amount of time is one or two minutes by which time the baby's very upset. So, you know, just yeah. I guess having that having that professional permission to do it for yeah. 30 seconds, 45 seconds and listen to baby's cues, I can probably hear like a collective sigh of relief from our listeners right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when my mom tells me that our baby only lasts two minutes, I'm like, wow, that is impressive. Like, that is really good. <laughs> so, 
you know, and it's just a gradual, let's be patient and build up to that. Um, and But just keep doing it over and over again. So you want to do it numerous times a day, like five or six times a day, but, you know, you can you can do small increments. Um, that's allowed and preferred. Everybody <laughs> involved. Okay. So now to talk about, I guess, go back a little bit to talk about baby positioning and things. So you recommend that parents carry their babies differently to help encourage baby to look around and to move his or her neck in different ways. So what are some positions that would be good to carry baby in? I mean, I'm sure that, or I think sometimes parents aren't real sure what's going to be good for baby and what's going to be safe for me to carry baby. Right. So I guess, you know, it depends on the age of the baby. It depends on the head control. Um, and the strength of the baby, but like I said before, it's just a matter of varying your position. Um, I would much rather see a parent wearing their baby, um, you know, once they get out of the car and go shopping, I'd rather see them wearing the baby than carrying them in a car seat or okay. taking the car seat out of the car and clicking it into the stroller and then going to the mall and walking around and having lunch and getting their hair done, and then now it's four hours. Yeah. Um, you know, so I would much rather have the baby uh, being worn. It's so good for the baby in all levels. So if I had my druthers, I would have everybody wearing their babies in the car seats only in the car. So that's one thing. Um, and then the second is just like I said before, just just change up how you hold them. If, just switch arms, switch sides. If you're carrying your baby on, on your hip, as the baby gets a little older and stronger, hold them on your left hip and hold them on your right hip. Okay. So mix it up. That's the key. Okay. So now let's let's talk about torticollis and stiff neck. So what's what's the problem with that for babies? Don't. Okay. So torticollis is is just a, a stiff neck. It's, the neck is torted, um, so it's kind of twisted. That's kind of the root words. It it happens to be the number one risk factor for plagiocephaly. So most of our babies that have plagiocephaly or the flat head will have torticollis. So it's very important that we know what torticollis looks like and we know who to contact to get it treated. Okay. The torticollis comes from, it's just a stiffness or a muscle imbalance on one side of the neck. The one side of the neck is tighter than the other side. So that causes the baby to tilt their head, and it's really, really cute, but we don't want our babies tilting <laughs> their heads 24 hours a day, yeah. tilting their head, and then turning always in one direction. So if you see that your baby, you know, one ear is closer to the shoulder than the other ear. That's a good sign. If, like I said, you put the baby down, no matter what position you hold the baby, the baby's looking to the same direction, that's a good sign. And the reason why it's of concern is, first of all, for plagiocephaly, we don't want them always looking in one direction because their head is going to get flat. But then also for just general development, muscle development, spine, spinal alignment, if everything's kind of off-center, then things aren't going to grow the way they need to. And yeah. we know that, that everything works better when it's symmetrical. So you want both sides of the neck 
developing normally. You want the spine nice and straight. You want the hips nice and straight. So what we see is sometimes even that neck will get tight, but then we'll see tightness on the whole side of that body. So then one side of the hip or one hip is higher than the other. You know, you have more folds on one side of their trunk than the other side. So it can have an effect on the whole body. Um, So that's why it's really important that you start treating it early. And you can do that with, um, you know, a pediatric physical or an occupational therapist. And they can help you with stretches. I really strongly advise against finding the stretches online. I know a lot of us think that, um, you know, surely there's some stretches that we can do online. There probably are, but you really need to get the baby evaluated first. Yeah. By a professional. Okay. Now, I mean, some, sometimes people think, well, it, won't the baby just grow out of these issues when, you know, their neck gets stronger and they can hold their head up? Don't they just grow out of this stuff? Well, there may be some babies that do. Um, however, we see a lot, a lot of older babies and even babies that are starting to walk that still have um, some recurring issues with neck tightness, walking, uh, you know, tiptoe on one side, flat-footed on the other, only using one hand during play rather than both hands equally. Um, Torticollis, if it's significant enough, it will continue on into childhood. So. Um, it's really just like anything, it's better just treated right away and then the treatment yeah. time is shorter, the baby does better, and then you have less um, concern later on. And you're not trying to fix it with a grumpy toddler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that, that's a long-term treatment, you know, but if you start with a baby at two or three months, it's a very short treatment time. Okay. So better now, to nip it in the bond right away. Yeah. Okay. Now, I know that helmets are one option, and of course you said that you worked for for a helmet company, so they're Mm -hmm. one option for treating plagiocephaly, but baby begin therapists don't usually use them. Why do y'all choose not to use them? Well, I'll tell you, um, it's not that we don't use them. We do have some babies that we can't get full correction, and, and, you know, we do refer for helmets, so it's not that we don't use them. They can be very effective if it gets to that point. What we're focused on is trying to get to these families when the babies are young, and then what we do is we show them um, repositioning therapy. So we provide therapy for the baby. We dress the neck, but then we also show them how to reposition the baby so we can correct the head shape with just the pressure of the bed surface. Okay. So what we're basically doing is we're showing parents that you don't need a $3,000 helmet to reshape the head. If we can get to the baby soon enough, we can do it with just the bed surface. Okay. So the helmet providers don't necessarily want parents to know that um, or to know how effective it can be. Um, But, you know, like I said, we're certainly not against helmets if if the baby needs it. But I, I personally think that very large percentage of these babies could be um, kept out of them if it were addressed early enough. So okay. our therapy is, is much more conservative and it's certainly less expensive. Yeah, so could you share what your therapists do during a session with the baby, like maybe a typical session? Sure. 
Most of our sessions last about 45 minutes, So, and we go to the baby's home, the family's home. We feel like the baby does better, the parents do better. We can show them how this is how you're going to put the baby to sleep in the bed. This is how you're going to put the baby playing while you're cooking. You know, we can just do their everyday life and, and show them what they can do, you know, during the day. Um, yeah. So the therapist goes into the home, will evaluate the baby, and then a typical session is, you know, we, we teach the repositioning, and that's kind of a learning curve as far as the parents will try it the first night. Sometimes it doesn't work, so then we come back in and show them alternatives, and, you know, we try to work with the family because we really want them positioned correctly from day two. I mean, as soon as we see them, we need to get them on that bulged area of their head so we can reshape their head. So we don't have a whole lot of time. So we, yeah. we address the head shape, but then we also address the torticollis. We address the neck. We address symmetrical development. We address gross motor skills. We address visual tracking. Anything that has to do with the baby's overall development, we're going to address. So if we see a concern, then we're, we're going to take care of that. So we do lots of stretching. We do lots of rolling. We do lots of reaching and lots of movement activities, um, infant massage, uh, range of motion on the arms and the legs, and, and a lot of parent education because the parents are the, the most important part of the whole scheme of things, not the therapist. It's really the parents that, um, you know, are most important. So we really try to empower the parents to do what we're doing so they can carry things out throughout the day. Yeah, that's awesome. So I know that you said that you definitely, it's good to get baby evaluated by a professional and you want somebody to help, you know, to help you learn this stuff. But when right. when you've been in there and you've taught the family, what are you advising parents to do between visits? Like I think sometimes we're thinking, oh, it's going to be this long regime that I have to go through every day. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you asked that because, um, if you have a really good therapist, they're going to show you how to incorporate all of this with your daily routine. So if you are taking brother to soccer all the time, then they're going to show you these are some things you can do while you're standing watching soccer practice. Or okay. if, if there's a sibling playing outside, this is how you can get, stress the baby while you guys are playing. Or this is what you can do when you're reading a book to the baby. You can hold them this way and it'll stretch them. So that's what we really try to do. We don't, you know, parents are already stressed enough, so the fact that we're going to add to their day sometimes can be a little daunting. Yeah. Um, but we really want to make it very simple. So, you know, we do ask that the, that the family stretches the baby two to three times a day, but but it's always you're going to incorporate this into your day. So it's not, I want you to sit down for 30 minutes a day and work with your baby. It's not that. We show you how to play with the baby. So, heck, if you're going to be on the floor playing with her, you might as well try to do some of these range of motion things with the arm to reach for the toys. Or this is how you can practice with rolling and you can sing songs and make a game out of it. So we do that. We also ask that they don't use any containers. So um, we really, and sometimes it's a little scary to, you know, to think, oh, my gosh, my baby can't sit in the swing uh, for her daily nap. Uh, We really want the baby sleeping flat and and, in the position that we showed them. So limited time in containers and then as much floor time as we can get. So by floor time, you know, play time, we mean side lying, 
tummy time, you can lay on your back, you know, whatever, however the baby um, likes to hang out. But the floor time is where they're going to get the most, um, you know, the most interaction with their environment. And that's exactly what we want them to be doing. Okay, cool. We try to incorporate everything into their day. Yeah, and I think I, I actually think that that's nice the way that you said you can incorporate it into playtime because when I'm talking to new parents, a lot of them ask me, you know, what can I do to, how can I play with my baby? So you know, you're kind of hitting, getting a two for one there because you know, exactly. creative ways to play with baby and you're helping, yep. you know, helping your child. Right. That's cool. Right. And it's really easy stuff. You know, it's really it's fun stuff. The babies love it. We never stretch a baby if the baby's fussy. So it's it's not stressful for the family. Um, and if there are people listening that their baby does cry during the stretches, it's very important that you stop um, because the baby is telling us something. And again, we're, we're trying to honor those cues and we're trying to listen and, and um, the baby is communicating something to us. So I really encourage families, if, you're ther- if your baby is crying during um, therapy or during stretches, to really talk to your therapist about that. Is there some way else that we can stretch the baby? You know, he's not tolerating this very well. And they're usually very good at, at you know, giving you alternatives that you can try. But it should never be a uh, stressful thing for you or the baby. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for sharing that, Jennifer. And just thank you, you know, thank you for being here. So what yeah. other resources do you have that can help parents keep their baby's head beautiful? Well, you know, our website... Um, at babybegin.com has a lot of great videos. Um, you know, they're free videos uh, about handling tummy time, you know, how to look at a baby's head shape, container usage, all of that fun stuff is on our website. We're also on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything, and we like to show um, little tidbits of what we do each day and, and little things that you can do with your baby and some of our success stories. So there's lots of information on our social media account. Um, and hopefully more people are going to be talking about this and you can find a lot of information online, um, but really focusing on trying to prevent the flathead. Well, cool. And tell, tell us again where families can find out more about you. So um, the, the probably the best place is our website, and that will have links to all of our other social media um, account, but our website is babybegin.com, and um, I think I think you'll be real pleased about what's on there, and it's a lot of great information. We also have yeah. a, prevent, a forget the flathead video, which you can order, and we'll get it shipped to you right away. And that will have everything in a 20-minute video um, that shows you exactly how to prevent the flathead. Yeah, cool, nice and bite-sized for parents. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay, well, thank you so much for being on, Jennifer. I learned so much, so I really appreciate oh, it. I know that the listeners do, too. So thank you for taking the time to talk with us and share with us, and most of all, I'm sure that our babies thank you. Yes, well, thanks for helping us join the fight. We appreciate it. <laughs>
I just want to thank Jennifer again for that awesome episode and that awesome podcast. I hope that you got as much out of it as I did. Remember, you can find out more about Jennifer, about her mission, and most of all, how you can help your babies over at babybegin.com. That's her website where you can find out all about her. Check out that DVD. She's got a bunch of videos up too that are really useful. I know that you'll enjoy it. Again, that's babybegin.com. And remember, you can check me out here on the podcast next week. Um, If you have anything that you would like to hear about, I love getting listener ideas. Go ahead and shoot me an email. You can find me over at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Use the contact form there. Let me know what you want to hear or if you want to sign up for the newsletter and get notified about uh, new podcast episodes, new posts going up on the blog, anything that's going on with natural birth and baby care, I try and cover it in the newsletter. So check that out. You can go to that at trustbirth101.com. That's trustbirth101.com. So just take a minute. Let me know what you want to hear about. Check out the newsletter. And again, check out Jennifer's site at babybegin.com. And I will see you here next week. Please have a blessed week this week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.